Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven Give good things to those who ask him. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Let us pray, Father, we ask that you'd come now and speak to our hearts through the, through the words of this gospel passage in Christ's name. Amen. Wonderful uh, to be here with you this evening. Wonderful uh, to have so many friends visiting. It's just worth noting we have Catholics here, we have Presbyterians, we have Methodists, we have uh, Church of Christ members, and we have Anglicans, and one or two Episcopalians, and you're all welcome. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, we wouldn't have it any other way. And um, it's just so thrilled to have you join me on this, my first Sunday. The test is whether you'll come back, of course, so in any event. Uh, I don't know how, how, what you felt in the worship. Becky, Kevin, thank you. Isaac, thank you. Thank you for that. Austin, for your part, thank you. Some of you may have sensed something. You may have sensed something new, maybe a stirring. Maybe uh, some people get a tingling. Maybe it was a rise of emotion as we sang truths that we all probably have heard. But there's something in the singing, isn't there? That as we sing these things that we may not be fully prepared to believe for ourselves, as we sing them, they hit the heart in a different way. And there's a reaction. And sometimes it can be a sign that the Spirit of God is changing the season. We are in a change of seasons. We are in a new season. It's a season of reopening. It's the season of spring. It's a time where we will be calling people back to worship. We'll do it safely. We'll do it with all of the guidelines we've had in place. And we will do it prayerfully. And for what the Lord, the living God, has for us, we need to do something first before we look to the work that lies ahead. It'll be hard work. It'll require the very best of all of us. And what is the thing that the Lord would have us do? Well, the answer is in our passage in Matthew chapter 7. He would have us receive. He would have us receive. And if you look down with me in your bulletin, we've printed uh, the, the passage there. Uh, for, uh, for you. In verse 7, we see that there are three actions that are given, three verbs. And this is what receiving looks like. It looks like asking. This is a season of asking, where followers of Jesus are expected to come to him in humility and in awareness of need, where to ask, where to seek, Seeking is about connecting our prayers with responsible action in the full knowledge of who God is. It's where our prayers end up 
end us in a place where we're speaking to people saying, why don't you come and see? It's about knocking. And knocking is the action of perseverance. Where we're to persist in prayer. Why? Because we're confident in who God is. And that he'll provide whatever is best for us according to who he is. In John 1, we have this incredible verse where Jesus described in the prologue, it says that he came to that which was his own, but his own would not receive him. They didn't ask, they didn't seek, they didn't knock. And very often in the church, if you're like me, you may not be, often in the church we don't receive him and we settle for less than all that he has for us. But the verse carries on. Verse 11, but to those who received him, he gave power to become children of God. They were set free to ask, to seek, to knock. And later on, we have this, verse 16, it says, from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace, gift upon gift, or blessing upon blessing, out of his bounty, out of his great supply, we have received one blessing after another. And this is the season we're in. A season of receiving. Many struggle to receive. Pick a topic. Some of us struggle to receive. I would much rather earn everything I get from God because it's a safer equation. A plus B equals C. But that's not like it. I remember some of us, I, when we were, we were, I was first married, was it 18 years ago, Rach? Carry the one? Yes. Um, we had just gotten engaged. We were walking down the streets in the city of Oxford. We were, we'd never been more in love, and Rachel slipped her hand in, mind, in my hand, and I thought, why is she holding my hand? What is this? I didn't really know how to receive affection in this way. For some of us, it's different. St. Peter struggled to receive from God because he couldn't conceive of a God who would stoop down and serve him. And so on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus got up from the table, took a towel, wrapped it around himself, got a basin filled with water, and was about to do the thing that disciples did to their teachers. And what has Jesus done? He inverts the equation. And Jesus sets to serve the disciples, and he comes to Peter, and he says, I'm going to wash your feet. Peter says, no, not my feet. You will never wash my feet. And Jesus says, unless I wash your feet, you will have no part in me. Unless you receive from me, you will never get it. And that's the fundamental difference between Christianity and all of the other noble world religions. All of the other religions speak of balancing the equation through your effort, through your merit. Jesus turns it on its head. And the God, who is the sovereign Lord of the universe, who is to be served and adored and worshipped and feared, is the one who serves us in his grace. And it's grace all the way. It's grace from the beginning. It's grace to the end. It's grace before meals. And it's every step in between. 
St. Augustine summed it up. He says, we are what we have received. And so what have you received? What are you asking for? What are you seeking for? Where are you knocking? Anything and everything that is good has been given to us. God is a God who wants to enlarge our capacity to receive from him and the problem that we have. What we sang about really, which was we didn't really coordinate the music with the message. And it's amazing how the Lord lined it up. But for many of us, our problem is in the receiving. That's, that's my challenge. I don't know if what you would say it is. But we need to ask him for help to deal with what is in our hearts, that our capacity to receive might be enlarged, that our minds might expand to receive all of his thoughts, that our hands might be turned to him, and that our hearts might be open to the new things he has for us. Let me ask you a question. What is in your hands? What has the Lord placed in your hands? Because he wants you to receive and bless you so that that which is in your hands, you might then take to the world, to your world. On, we run on the Alpha course. It's wonderful. I get to sit with skeptics, atheists, all kinds here in Dallas. And, and um, so many in Dallas have this picture of God being in front of them, not with a gift in hand, but a hand raised to punish. Where did that come from? Or another person described God, I see God like a trainer at SeaWorld who rewards a seal with a fish after an impressive trick. And so I spend all of my life trying to impress him. Someone else said, I kind of see God like a dog trainer with a treat in his, hand, in his pocket. And if I do everything right, maybe he'll give me something dry to chew on. That's not the father Jesus came to show us. If God is like this, why would we ask? Why would we seek? Why would we knock? We would end up living lives trying to impress him with great religious behavior. So when Jesus reveals the father to us, it can be a struggle and that's perfectly normal. But here's the truth. This is the picture that Jesus pointed, painted for us and receive this. God is not mad at you. He doesn't get frustrated. He knows you too well to be surprised. I'm not sure if God ever gets disappointed. He's full of acceptance. He's too good to leave us the way we are. He's never harsh. He's always kind, and he thinks more highly of you than you do. That's the Father. For some of us, the struggle may be the result of a bad experience with our Father, or perhaps an absence of relationship, or countless other re uh, reasons. I know there are a number of counselors here, and, and we can, you know, I'm sure come up with a list if we pooled ideas. But it's interesting, I've been reading a great spiritual classic it's the autobiography of John Cooper, who designed race cars, Formula One engines, and, and of course made famous by the design of the Mini Cooper. Every theologian should read it because he describes his father as a man of precision. And in almost an offhand comment, he said, 
There was a hardness in his precision because relationships are rarely precise. Makes you want to drive, doesn't it? And if that's the case, then the imperative is that we invite Jesus to do some work on our hearts, that he'd give us the grace that we need to receive the grace that he would give us. The great promise in Ezekiel is the promise of a new heart, where a heart of stone will be taken from us and a heart of flesh will be given in return. How do those hearts of stone happen? Well, it's classic, isn't it? You get hurt, you toughen up, so the next time you get hurt, it doesn't hurt as much. The problem with that is that you end up losing your ability to love. And so the work is to allow the Lord to restore our hearts. It's a simple work, but it's complex. And I'm closing with this. It's, it's a matter of forgiving those who have hurt us and repenting of where we have responded badly to how what they've done. 20 years ago, I arrived in England and I began a process I, I, I didn't find what I expected. I don't know what I expected. Um, but the college where I attended, Wycliffe Hall, was full of charismatic Anglicans. Who knew? I didn't know they existed. I'd never met a charismatic. I'd never met a charismatic Anglican. And they kept asking me if I was full of the Spirit, if I was filled with the power of God. And I, I turned to them and I said, look, I'm full of something, but I don't think it's what you're talking about. And there began a process of asking, of seeking, of knocking for more of God's presence. And seven months in, on this day, March 7th, 2002, I had an experience unlike anything where a simple prayer was prayed. And after seven months of hard work, of prayer work, where God was giving me day after day the grace that I needed to receive the grace he had for me, someone just prayed these simple words, David, Jesus loves you. I'd heard them before, I don't know how many times, I knew the song well. Somewhere between standing up and lying down, I ended up in the, in the middle of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, which talks about the height, the width, the breadth, the love of God. And when I got up off the floor, everything had changed. I was filled with such love that my life has never been the same. And so, friends, we're gathered for such a time as this. I don't know why you're here this evening. I love that you're here. I'd love you to come back next week. The surprise for you is that we have tacos. We have a taco truck arriving later where you'll be able to feast on your way out safely and abiding by all the di social distancing measures. But what, is, what, what the Lord has ahead of us requires us first to expand our ability to receive so that out of a fullness, out of his fullness, the fullness of God, we would receive grace upon grace, gift upon gift, blessing upon blessing, that out of his bounty, out of his great supply, we would receive one blessing after another and then open our hands and our hearts and offer to the world around us. 
your neighbors, your colleagues at work, the people you see, the people you bump into, you don't even recognize because eyebrows are less dynamic than faces as we wear masks. So in a moment, Chris and the bishop are going to come up. They're going to lay hands on me. I'm going to be installed as the interim rector. But I'm going to ask you to do something with me before that happens. I'm going to ask you to stand. And this is something that my wife Rachel and I have done time and again. And um, it's, it's really just a moment of really to have business with God. Because he has so much to give us. All we need to do is receive. All we need to do is receive. And so it's tough to do because of the confines of the pews. And so I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm just going to ask the Lord to come by his spirit and speak to our hearts. And then as a sign to the Lord and to maybe those in your pew or just to take a small step. Don't trip over the pew. You know, we don't want any accidents. But just to take a small step. Because those small steps of faith add up. And when you look behind you, you can see that you traveled quite a ways. But all that's required of you is to take a small step of faith tonight as a sign to the Lord that you're up for receiving all that he has for you and more. So let's pray. You may want to hold out your hands like this as you step forward. I know I'm adding action songs here, but actions to the song, but bear with me. Lord Jesus, we've heard of how wonderful you are. We've heard of the grace that you have for us. And together as a community of friends representing the churches across Dallas, we're here for you. And so together we choose to take a small step of faith as a sign of our willingness to receive from you today, tomorrow, this week, in this season that we're in. So come, Holy Spirit. Would you well up within us? Would you come upon us? And friends, when you're ready, in your own time, just take that small step forward as a, as a sign, as a prophetic sign of your willingness to receive new things from him. Amen. So when you're ready, just take that step. We do these small physical acts because we know that the small physical acts sometimes lead to spiritual release. So when you're ready, just take it and then we'll carry on with the service. Amen. Chris, Bishop Philip, would you come for? I've never called you Bishop Philip. Do take a seat, please be seated. Reverend Father and God, after due consultation and prayerful consideration, Reverend David Larley has been nominated and has accepted to be the interim rector of this parish. I now present him to you to be instituted.
<clears throat> I thank you and all those who with prayer have been involved in the appointment of David to this parish. David, do you believe, so far as you know your own heart, that God has called you to serve here? I believe that God has called me. Will you commit yourself to the mission and ministry of the people in this place to further the kingdom of God? With the help of God, I will. With the vestry, please With come forward. With the vestry and the staff, please come forward. Members of the ministry team, will you welcome David to the team, work creatively and faithfully with him, meeting regularly for prayer, study, and fellowship, and doing all in your power to support each other in fulfilling the ministry of Christ. With the help of God, we will. People of God, this is addressed to the whole congregation. Will you welcome David and support and uphold him in his ministry now and in the years to come? God of heaven. With the ministry team, the vestry, Chris, gather around Dave. And the congregation, put your hands out as you feel so inclined. Come, Holy Spirit. As these people have taken one small step forward. Dave and Rachel and his family have taken a small step forward. Building on the great foundation that's been laid through the apostles, through the church teaching, through the apostolic witness, for Jay and for Chris, all those who have served faithfully and helped start this church in 2015. Building on this foundation, Dave. I ask the Lord to come with his Holy Spirit to anoint you. Fill you with his humility, his wisdom, and the power that's in the Holy Spirit to seek, ask, knock, lead, encourage, raise up, equip. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Say that with me. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Now, Lord, as we mark this great beginning of a new ministry, a new season, a springtime, that's taking place here at St. Bart's. As we look forward, Lord, to a new season in responding to the health crisis around us, build the encouragement and the hope in the people of this church and build, Lord, the encouragement and the hope in day to lead. We pray this with great expectation in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please rise. Will you now welcome your new interim senior pastor here at St. Bar's Church? <laughs>